This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, we're up the top of the tower, it can be only one thing, we are the Fight Disciples and we are back for the next 60 minutes of nothing but the latest and greatest Merseyside fight news, MMA, boxing, it all goes down on this show and we've got loads to get through on tonight. As you may know if you follow Fight Disciples, if you were listening to the show last week, I've been in New York, I missed the show at Liverpool Olympia on Friday night but I did watch it from my hotel room in New York City, that's dedication for you. And I tell you what, it was an absolute cracker of a show. Anyone that went down there on Friday, I'm sure you'll agree. Nine fights, absolutely lit up, loads of hot prospects. Great to see the likes of Johnny Quigley back in, who I had in the studio last week. Brian Rose, former world title contender, back in there as well. But for me, it was about the top three, really. Jazza, Dickens, Alex Dickinson, JJ Metcalf, all on the fringes of title contention. Big Alex, the big heavyweight. Another great finish for him. Unfortunate that he, uh, Dorian Darch pulled out because the fight was just lighting up. But let's be honest, he pulled out for a reason there. I didn't think he wants any of that Alex Dicko smoke. JJ Metcalf, oh, the kid has no luck at all, does he? Injured in the first, uh, first round, looked like he injured that right hand, but still managed to pull off a left hook finish in the final round, in the eighth round. Absolutely wonderful for him. Hopefully he gets that big opportunity, deserves it like middleweight soon. Fingers crossed that right hand isn't too bad. I'll come on to the rest of the card a little bit later on, maybe get stuck into some of the early fights, but uh, I mentioned them then. I'm delighted to say he joins me in the studio tonight. The one and only Jazza Dickens is back, baby. And what a finish he gave us Friday night. Yeah, thank you for having me in. It was nice to be back and it was nice to be headlining in the in my home city, I haven't fought in Liverpool for over three years, and to be topping the belt was just—it was a good night of boxing. Not just because I was there, but it was a really good night of boxing. Yeah, to, to headline an MTK show as well, because you're not even an MTK fighter, are you? No. So you know, it's, it, that goes to show. Obviously, they know you're a pull. They know you're a draw. You know, you've spent the last. 12 months really dipping your toes in Miami, coming back in here. Like, you had me in bits the last time you came to the studio. Tell me about your escapades over in Miami. But where, where are you at now then, Jazzy? you still got one foot across the other side of the Atlantic. Are you committing to here now? What's happening? I've got, I've got four feet in four different pies. Keep our <laughs> options open. So, um, yeah, I've got big news coming soon. Um, I can't oh, and then this is it. It. Right now, we'll count it down. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> Boom. Here's the exclusive. I was about to say, I cannot tell you yet, but... Just tell um, us. No one's listening. There's <laughs> only literally me, you and your dad in this room right now. Just tell me. I won't tell anyone, I promise. Follow me social media, and um, I've got big news. I-, I want to tell you. I really want to tell you, but I also want to keep you dangling as well, so I don't worry. <laughs> All right, tell you what to do then. Leave it till part three of the show. We're going to finish the show tonight with this world exclusive from Jazz Dickens. Yeah, hopefully in 20 minutes. Hopefully we'll get that text message in the next 25 <laughs> minutes and we can drop it later. Okay, big news. Stick with us. That's coming. Let's come back to this fight then. And... You know, the, the the kid Ramadan, decent level operator. This was a Commonwealth title final eliminator, we were told. Kid's only been stopped, I think, three times in his entire career. But I tell you what, mate, have you kind of thrown too many left hands like that? Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been throwing it for years. And he's just the only person who's ever stayed in the way of it. So um, he's a good fighter. And, I, and I, I did respect him a lot coming into the fights. I've seen him fight before. I've been in changing room with him when he fought with Cuban. He fought Nesla Machado. Mm-hmm. And I thought he won that night. 
which I will just scrape through it. I have a lot of respect for him. I know, I know what he can do. And I've seen, he can box. I've seen fights of him where he's boxed lovely. And I've mm-hmm. seen fights where he hasn't looked that good. So we'll prepare for the best version of him. And I think I was... Um, I, t- I believe I was just too big for him, to be honest. Was that important then, Jazz, when, when this opponent, when this fight got offered, when the main sl- event slot come up, that you didn't just get a pushover, that you got someone that you knew was capable to bring out the best in you? Yeah, so um, it was supposed to be a really big fight. Um, and it got, it got put back. That fight could happen again in the future when I have an announcement. Okay. But, um, so the fight that was supposed to happen on Friday is what's happening next, is basically what you're telling us. It could be, but it could not be as well. Well, then tell us what it is. What's <laughs> wrong with you? So um, when, 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 I, when he said this fella, I knew, I'll, get um, I'll get it out of him at some stage. Don't worry. Stick with us. Don't go anywhere. I knew I had to um, be, be at my best because um, he's not there to lose as well. He's very, he, he wants to win and he can box too, but I just believe I was a bit too big for him physically. Yeah, I agree. And. Now I'm looking back going, why were we killing ourselves to make Super Bantamweight? Because you're a big featherweight, you're big yeah. and strong. Yeah. Like he was saying on the on the commentary team, I don't know what true it was, that you put over a stone on from weigh-ins to the fight. Is that true? Yeah, easily a stone. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I was putting yeah, easily. So now when you look back, you think, what was the what kept you at Super Bantam, do you think, for so long? Um, it's just because I can relate to a lot of people is when you get a job, a certain job in a certain place and you just move up the ladder you better got qualifications in everything in other places and you can work elsewhere but you just want to go up the ladder in a certain job it's just like I felt like I'd established myself at Super Bantamweight and I was just scared to go up and I thought that start I'm, again yeah that's how I felt but I'm glad I have now I'm buzzing I haven't made up I feel very very strong and also I can, I can work more I can give the best me you know I don't have to save energy because I might be tired or I might be might be knackered at the weight I yeah. can give give me all I can be a more exciting fighter too so when you got in the ring on Friday night was that kind of jazz at, at almost like you walk around weights by the time you put it back on yeah that almost so so basically that's what you used to sparring at that's what you used to train on that that's yeah. your body was at like it's perfect level yeah it was it was perfect it was perfect and the, and the hydration as well it was just natural like I was sweating in, in, in an hour after the dry out, I was sweating again after in an hour and that to people who don't understand how making weight is you earn you can be dried at times when I've made eight on ten and I've been dried next day, my kidneys are killing going into the fight and I know as soon as I get touched to the body it's gonna hurt because I, I was that I've I've damaged myself internally. So now I'm glad I've moved up. Yeah. And I can enjoy my career. I d I don't have that stress now. Yeah. Watching the fight on TV or the, or the stream or whatever, it just felt, it felt like it was your second coming. It felt like the second, the next chapter. It felt like a new start for you. I know you, you know, corner team refreshed again, management sorted again. It was like, boom, it felt like a coming out party. It was like, okay, welcome to the Jazz of Dickens coming out party. Let's go. Yeah, when I done the ring walk, my mate said to me, I got off halfway through the ring walk. He took it that long. But <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was there, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to soak every single second of this up. I waited about a minute for the song to kick in. I thought, I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm just going to sit here and watch the crowd and enjoy and soak it all up because I felt like that myself. Um, things are going to start now. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, because you've been on this journey, you know, as I say, you had this all in bits a few months ago when you came back from Miami and you talked about the experience you had out there. But, you know, 
with all due respect, your career is not going to explode from Miami. Your career is going to explode from here. You've got the fan base here that proved it on Friday night. Yeah. You, this is where it's got to come from. No doubt it will end up in Miami. No doubt it will end up in Vegas or New York or whatever it may be. Yeah. But to start, to, to get the foundations right, it's got to be in this city, surely. Yeah. And what I can't understand is why is that? Why did I have to go away? But then I've, I've doubled tickets. Any tickets I've ever done in my in career, any fight leading up to this, why is the why did they double? What where why? How come I got more support for coming home than I did? Leading up to that, you know, I don't understand it. Why do you yeah. have to go away to come home? I just don't understand that. I yeah, can't get funny, my head yeah. around it, but I'm grateful for the support. You know? Yeah. When last time you were home, though, maybe it was because Everton were crap. <laughs> but now Everton are brilliant and they're playing like Brazil in the 70s. Maybe that's what it is. Every, all the Evertonians are happy again now. So they're like, go ahead, let's go to the boxing. That's probably is what it is, yeah. When I turned pro nine years ago, we were out from a decent season. So it makes sense, though. <laughs> let's hope the Blues march keeps going, eh? Let's hope the Blues keep doing well. Someone said to me the other day, um, hopefully you've signed belly, you will get a game forever. No. <laughs> Not half. Well, listen, if anyone can get you a game, it's him. I'm telling you. The... Um, Four, four wins now on a spin. Four knockouts. Like, is it the weight? Is that what's changed? You know, what has what has changed to suddenly make you this incredible finisher? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm maturing definitely, and I've, I've, um, I've just been working and working and working and working for years. But now I feel like, um, I do feel like I'm maturing. Yeah, I'm twenty eight, just turned twenty eight, and I feel like I, I do feel like I'm coming into my prime. How important were those stints in Miami? All the sparring you did there, all the Latin American fighters you shared the ring with, all the you know Golden Gloves champions, Cubans, everything else, in terms of bringing that power. Do you feel like you're sitting down on your shots a little bit more? You're moving your feet a little bit more intelligently? Obviously, you can't spar. I don't want to talk about names, but I was knocking people out and sparring with 16 ounce gloves over there, Nick. I was getting a lot of sparring, so I felt fluent. And um, I felt active over there because we were sparring every day, you know, it's only sparring. But everyone's there. There's a lot of people to spar, so I was just getting sparred every single day, and it brought the best out of me. Yeah. So um, coming home, it did made me turn me change me. I do feel like it changed my career. I had to go away, and it also gave me a. It, um, I had a choice before I went to Miami. Nothing's happening here. What do I do now? Do I get a nine to five, or do we keep going and do we invest even more of my life and my family's life and sacrifice even more? What do we do? So I chose the the hard path and. It's sort of give me a bit. It's give me, it's give me an iron will. If I can go through that, there's, there's no, there's no give. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no giving in. Yeah. After that, especially that was um, it was quite an um, a tough experience for my family. So after doing that, going over there, didn't just teach me about boxing. It taught me mentally as well how to how how to keep fighting when mm. you when you when nothing's happening. When you can't see no nothing to fight for, just keep on fighting. Give it that one more one more thing, one more day, and then surely after one more day, you know the sun comes out. Yeah, is that why is that why the finish on Friday? Why, why you enjoyed it so much? Because you know I seen your dad was the, pretty much the first person in the ring, and the two years embraced, and I could see the relief on his face as much as yours. Is it because of the journey you've been on? You feel like okay, we just come over like one of the biggest stumbling blocks, a, a place that nearly pushed pushed you out of the sport, you're saying? Yeah. Made, you re, made you consider, do you know what, maybe I just need to go and get a job. But to it, come through that and to be here on Friday, to have that win, have your arm raised, 
in home, at home, main event. Yeah, well, it never nearly pushed me out, but I think it was with a lot of people, and I understood that, um, that I was fighting against nothing, I was fighting against myself, but um, the relief is just the affirmation that it all pays off. For me and my dad, that's what you've seen there. That it weren't just me and my dad, it's me, it was my family in the crowd as well. Yeah. And the people who've been following me for years and um, surely my family at home. And um, just the relief that, just the, the affirmation that one more day the sun does come out, you know, that, that. Because a lot of times in life people give up just before the day, don't they? Yeah. And, and, I haven't, I've kept pushing and I've kept working hard and I've kept kept on signing and signing and signing and that, that moment there, what you're seeing was, yeah, it, it does pay off when you go the extra mile and you don't give in. Where, where did the inspiration come from to keep going? Where did, where did that come from, you know? It's just something I've always had. When I was a, when I was a kid, we used to train in the house, me and my dad, um, press-ups, and I'm talking five years old, and um, he used to say, he used to say, send the pain, send the pain, send the pain, and that, that was his way of telling me, um, block it out, the pain's not real. It's, it, you can do one more, you can do one more, you can do one more. And it was just something that we, we always, he always had me doing. He always had me doing it since I was a little. And um, that's just my mentality now. One more, one more, you know what I mean? Speed my spine finishes, I think, what now? <laughs> what, yeah. you know what I mean? Just one more. And it's just turned into one more day, one more, like... Yeah, that's it, that's it. Just one more. Just one more. Because just one more isn't just one more. Just one more is everything. It's the yeah. difference between good and bad, success and failure. Just one more, you know. And that's what it means to me. Send the pain. That must be pretty amazing for you to listen to, Dad. That 23 years on, that same just one more is still, like, you know, in his head. Yeah. Shows you there's something right. There you go. Not a half. Um... <laughs> It was it was a big, I fe- it felt like a big moment for you. It felt like a big breakthrough moment. Obviously, the lead up, you're like, I'm committed now. I'm back with George and Derry. I'm back. I'm back home. You know, as you always call it, that gym's your home. It's literally yeah, across yeah. the road from where you live with the missus and the kids. Then there's the announcement about the Bellevue management as well in the build up to it. You know, yeah. it felt like all these pieces just suddenly come into place. And then there you are making the walk and there you are getting the highlight real knockout and it was like, okay, this is where the Jazz of Dickens party actually starts now then. Yeah, well, it's so easy for me, Nick, to um, take the take the pat on the back and attach myself to a little bit of ego. For me, that's not, it's, it's God's grace because me alone, I can't, I can't forge this pat. How, how it looks to me, how, how it is right now, it seems very, very, like um, the future looks really bright. But I can't, I can't do that myself. I need people to help me. So for me, this is God's grace, and even the shot, the way it landed, and the way it was, um, it went perfect. As as a punch goes, it, it'll be on a, like a knockout, real sort of thing. It's a, it was a really good shot. That's the the pinnacle of. That's what you want when you go in there. That's how you want to fight to win. But yeah, that way, me, that's through God's grace, and I accept that. And I'm just happy to be a tool. There's a bigger picture for me now in my life. And it's not it's not boxing. It's about helping people through boxing. This social media, the way my social media is going now, um, talking a lot about. I love the way that this. I see a little bit of a movement going on. It's like um, mental health. Everyone's helping each other and stuff like that. I don't know if everyone else sees that, but I see a little bit of a change happening. Everyone's not dragging each other down. They're all trying to help each other. 
and lift each other up. So I feel like um, right now, my social media, I'm helping people. People are interacting with me and, and it really is helping in ways that you wouldn't imagine, which is better than any sort of boxing. And, and, and I'm loving that. I'm loving... I believe the Lord's got to use me as a tool and boxing is a way of doing it. Yeah. I do believe that. Absolutely. Listen, you listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm going to get much more from that from Jazza Dickens after the break. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Kill me going to the break there because let me tell you, we were just getting onto the hot subject with Jazza Dickens and obviously mental health, something that affects the whole country. You know, every age, every gender, it doesn't really matter. Every race, mental health does not discriminate. And we were chatting away there, Jazz, during the commercial break. As I say, killed me going to the commercials. But it's incredible how you, you see yourself now and, and this role that has been laid out in front of you that, you know, we were talking then, you know, I was trying to instigate to say, you're hot right now, this is where it's going to happen, world title fight's coming soon, blah, 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 blah. But your mentality is, I'm get, I can get, I'm in a position now, I feel like we can start giving back. And that's incredible. Yeah, I've always felt like I've, I, I need the world title to be, to give me any sort of weight that I can reach out to people and help people um, who's on the same path as me as, as I was growing up. But now I realised I don't need that. Help is what help is help, no matter what form it comes. And I think um, I've got a bit of a platform on the social media right now through boxing. And um, I, I am speaking to people daily about struggles in life, and it's a pleasure. It's just a pleasure, as you, you just said to me. It's um, what's a world title when you've just helped someone? Yeah. Suicidal, you know? Of course. Yeah. Because anyone that follows you on social media, this this is what you're amazing for. Is you you will basically track your day. You'll put on music. You'll put on just you going morning everyone. Everyone have a great day. I've just had a fantastic. I've just had the best breakfast ever. Now I feel this. I feel that. I'm gonna go for a walk. And even just watching that at home, you're like, you're like I'm. I'm. You you just had porridge and you're gonna. I'm gonna go for a nice walk now. I've got some fresh. Be- and I'm sitting there looking at me bacon butty, going, I'm cheating here. I need to get myself sorted. <laughs> and and I'm in a completely different headspace. But but what you're saying is, it's the it's the people that are that are in dark places that are watching you on social media that are going, okay, this this young man's on a journey and he's from a similar background to me. Is yeah. you know, but he's he's choosing to say, I'm having positive day to day. I'm having a good time now. Yeah. My life is positive. And that, that's, I guess that's what's so powerful. Yeah. But what kills me about the social media, Nick, is that everyone's blagging it. Everyone's just winging it, you know. Um, we're renting cars. Look at me and my new car. But you're renting a car the same as the next man. Or, or like, um, I don't know, people just pretending they're rich, Andy. Why, yeah. don't we, why don't we help each other? Why don't we say, look, I haven't got much. But I've got a dream. And you can have the same. Rather than saying... Look, you haven't got much, and I've got a nice car. Because that's what I see on social media. Yeah. So I want to try and create my social media to be the midway point of like. It's not about materialistic. It's about pushing for your dreams and and stuff like that. I want to show people that when you do sacrifice and when you do sacrifice materialism, and you don't you don't spend your weekends in 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 nightclubs looking for social acceptance that you can do something that you really want to do because that that hole inside you that you're trying to fill it's still gonna be there you know yeah that that social acceptance and then riches is still gonna the the passion to find something that you really truly love is still gonna be there that hole's still gonna be there when you come home from your bender and when you come home when you get out your nice car it's still gonna be there yeah I I speak to my nephew all the time and he he got on to do a, a maths degree and. 
he chose to give it up and he, he works at the Liverpool Empire Theatre. He works there as an usher. He works four or five nights a week. Jazzy's never been happier. He Good did his A-levels. He did all his school. He got into university. He was on a degree course. It looked like his, his life was set out for him. But he made a decision, probably the first adult decision he's ever made of his life, and went, no, this is not what I want to do. And now he's happy. He's yeah. happy doing what he's doing. He's living the dream. He's he living is. His dream. He's living no, his yeah. dream. He's living his best life. Now, it may not be, on paper, it may not be, oh, but he could have been, he could have been an accountant. He could have been, but he, he would never have had a happy life. He could have been living someone else's dream, couldn't he? Absolutely. Which is so sad. Yeah. Because you only get one, in my opinion, you only get one shot at this life, so you've got to try and make the most of it. Yeah. When you're speaking to people now, is it kids you're mostly speaking to? Is it adults or? I try my best. I mean, speaking to parents, drug addicts, um, people. I, I say to the drug addicts, but what what the truth is, people with emotional problems who just cannot find a way out of this vicious cycle, and that's that's what it is. Um, trying to direct them. My dad's, um, my dad's great too. I can direct them to my dad. My dad can help people in that in that area. Um, yeah. I'm I'm gonna create something where I can I can build like a hub, emotional support for youngsters who need emotional support. You know, we put your boxing boxing gloves on and have a go. But what's more important is that you can teach them. This is this is my plan. You can teach them how to be how to control your anger, how you can control your issues, and therefore grow up to live an honest life, and then teach the next kids. And that's that's I think that's. I think that's what we need to be doing rather than this vicious cycle. What's your hair? These kids getting stabbed in town. Yeah. That's all we hear. It happens all the time now. But I think we just need to stop. I think it needs to stop. And if I think that, why am I not doing nothing about it? So I would love to be a significant member of the community and I can do something that can help the community, you know? Yeah. I'm a, you know, I was, I'm an ambassador for Liverpool's No More Knives campaign. And yeah. this is the one thing we've talked about previously. It's like the issue is not to stop the kids carrying knives. The issue is not, oh, let's put metal detectors outside nightclub doors. That's not how you tackle an issue like this. It's a social issue. Yeah. You've got to go back to the, go back to basics and what what's ha- what is being provided for these kids? What outlets have they got? Yeah. What support have they got in a, in this city? And, and that's why I always come back to boxing and why boxing and fight sports in general should be in schools yeah. because of you can't go into the boxing gym and carry a knife in your pocket, and then put your knife on the side of the ring and go and train. Yeah. Can you imagine any boxing coach you've ever no. met in the world who's seen you do that, that wouldn't go, you know, throw you straight out the gym, give you the item, whatever? Yeah. It, it just doesn't happen in fight sports. You get this respect for everybody and everyone around you. And plus, professional boxers, even amateur boxers that take it seriously, their lives are based around sacrifice and yeah. nutrition and, and well-being. And getting a full night's sleep and not wandering into town and yeah. all that kind of being a responsible adults who can yeah. inspire the next generation. It's a beautiful life to live, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely. But it's a life that isn't shouldn't be left primarily to professional athletes. Anybody in life can do that. Yeah. You don't have to spend all your money going out of a weekend or on the latest pair of, you know, Prada shoes or whatever it may be. Yeah. Because listen, I that was me. I did that when I was in my twenties. And now it's only now that I'm in my forties that I look back and go, the amount of time I wasted yeah. on daft things. But unfortunately, it takes time to mature. You, is that what you're finding now? Is you're helping people mature? You are having conversations with people about, you know, taking responsibility for their own actions. Proper conversations, conversations with a bit of depth rather than what's what's happening. Like what have you been up to? Nothing. Clap in it. Yeah. yeah, that conversation happens a lot, and it's got no substance. Yeah. Um, how are you? 
remember that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard that since 1972. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. a bit of substance in the... In How the are you and actually wanting to hear the answer? <laughs> yeah. Not just like, and I lad, yeah, I lad, yes, I lad, to I lad, and I lad. You know what I mean? Because that, that is the sum of most conversations between men. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it helps break down that boundary because you are a professional fighter that people think like, okay, well, you're opening up to me, so I can, I, and you're a fighter. You're yeah. supposed to be tough. You're supposed to be super macho, and nothing affects me. Yeah, and one thing I realised is toughness isn't holding things back. Toughness is accepting the problem and putting it out there because that's the toughness because that's where the help comes in. Yeah. So that is being strong. If you want to want to help yourself and be tough, speak to someone. Speak to me, my social media is Jazza Dickens ten. Um if people have got problems, don't feel don't feel that shame. It's 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 a lie and you know it's it's the biggest lie you can ever tell yourself. You've got people to speak to if it's not it's not me. You haven't got no one else to speak to. Um I don't know, there's probably groups and forums out there I don't know, but you can't speak to me. You message me and um if I'm not too close to a fight I will get back to you. And if I've been through a certain there's some things that I haven't experienced, thank God. But there's a lot of things that I have, and I can speak to speak to people about these situations, and and I'm happy to because what do I get out of it? Why would I speak to you? I I, I feel like the, the Lord's using me as a tool, and that makes it makes me happy. Not only makes me happier than to feel that like I could develop someone in a time of darkness. So yes, add me on the social media, and if you want to speak about your problems, let's tackle them together, yeah. and then. Um, Pass it on, and that's the way the world works. In my eyes, that that's a that's a happy place. Of course, I know you. You mentioned earlier off air that someone who does follow you on social media had messaged you and said, "I was in a really dark place, and you've helped pull me out of that dark place." How does that make you feel? Is that is that you know? Does that feel better than the knockout on Friday night to you? Does that you know, that you know <laughs> you've impacted someone's life? Hundred percent. The knockout to me is, is a knockout is just a knockout. It actually didn't feel that good once he was on the floor when we got in the ring I said say a prayer for him because we got a yeah. little bit worried about him that, well, that, we've that, seen doesn't, that, me, that, that doesn't empower me of course well, that that played out live because you, as I say you could see that a celebration between the two of you and then it was Derry that came over didn't he because you, you, you guys were celebrating you, you had this amazing journey finally we, we feel like we've made the breakthrough professionally and it was Derry that come over and just reminded you both, and then yeah. you both realised, oh no, he's on the floor there, and I, you could see it had a quiet moment. Then you know, yeah, it, that that doesn't empower me. Um, I don't, I don't find strength from that. The only thing that I think can come from that is, is a bit of ego, which which you don't want. Um, but people reaching out and telling me, which is happening quite a lot on my social media, um, that you help me. Yeah. It, that's that's empowering. It is empowering, and, I, and I'm okay to to take that on and and to be happy with that because I know I'm not going to grow no ego all it'll get out of is just go from strength to strength and help more people and want to and want to put me situation out there even more and help more people yeah do you think now that your journey I'm, I'm sure when you were younger it was about winning a world title by winning the British title you know you, you had these goals in mind have your goals changed over the last few years in terms of what you want to achieve in your life as well as in your sport? No, um, I've always had the goal to... I, I, I was this kid, um, couldn't couldn't get out of my own head, felt a lot of shame, circumstances, parents were on drugs. I wanted 
I wanted sometimes the world to swallow me up in the same breath. I wanted to, I wanted to fight so much and give some sort of hope and inspiration. I wanted to be the man I am right now mm-hmm. as a kid and to look back and think, I am actually, you know, I'm doing it now. It's brilliant because I can't help other people. I always wanted to be the person I am now and to be able to give strength to people in my situation. So I'm not talking. I'm talking to these people from my childhood perspective, saying, no, you don't have to sit, stay in silence. You, you know, you're not like you're not a meth. There's no such thing as a meth. You, you're, a, you're a talented kid with a lot of um, aspirations, or you can follow your dreams, and you don't have to get into trouble because it, you, you, you believe that you have to show off in front of the rest of them, or you don't have to be a fighter, or you can be you. You can, you can do anything that you want to do. Your circumstances are not going to define you, and that's always been my dream. Anytime I get some sort of success in boxing, you'll see me interviews always lead back to this type of conversation. But I've always felt like I needed some sort of achievement, a major achievement, like a world title to talk about it. But now I'm at a place now is that that was a lie as well. I don't. Yeah. I can do it now. I can. We can help help people now because. Now is the time too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, came here to talk about boxing, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but this is <laughs> your. This is your journey, though. This is your boxing journey. Yeah. You know, ultimately, listen. You've got the talent, hands down, got the talent to win a world title one day, and I truly believe one day you will win a world title. But everyone's got that line. Every boxer talks about that line. Every boxer talks about I'm going to win a world title and then you know I'm going to get all the cars and I'm going to get all of this. <laughs> Your journey's different. You could, I know you'll win a world title, but I won't see you driving through Liverpool in a brand new Mercedes car or you know, all that kind of kit because that's yeah. just not you. Yeah. Ultimately, where I see you is standing at the front of a of a, of, a, of a, either a group of people or maybe a church like it feels like you're almost more of a pastor than you are yeah. a boxer sometimes I've had I've had the dream to open open up as I said before a hub like for, for fighters but it's going to be it's going to be sports and it's going to be emotional help and um, even could be even meal prepping so so kids you can get even get a bus pass to go down the gym instead of, <laughs> I'm thinking about bunking on the bus to go to Golden Girls when I was a kid yeah. I'm just thinking about these kids you could help with the support to get to the gym if they actually want to box you know um, so where where do we this hub is this a long term dream is this something you're thinking about now because listen there's, there's people in this city with money there's, there's businesses in this city that want to support local causes that want to support local things yeah. you know, is this something we're talking about putting together in that, the short term as well yeah I'm, I'm getting on it now in between my next fight I've been speaking to people about doing it and um, that's why I'm talking about it now I'd love people to to reach out to me if they if they have a, if they have this sort of passion um I would love to get the ball rolling and I've got great ideas how it could help just one person but I know yeah. it'll help a lot you know but that one person that you do help though do you know what I mean yeah. it's, that, it's, that, it's that one person as you said earlier compared to a knockout there's no greater feeling in life yeah. than to have someone turn around and go thank you you've helped me yeah I had I had good love growing up I had a lot of love two loving parents I had a loving auntie I had um Good people around me in boxing. When I went into boxing, I found all these good people who wanted to help me for no for no return. And I think it is just time that I can give back. Yeah, there's people out there who'd love to join me and help and give back. You know, 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Listen, anyone listening to the show that does want to get involved, reach out to J- J- Jazza on social media. Jazza Dickens 10? Yes. Or obviously contact the Fight Disciples if you listen to us at Fight Disciples or contact me personally, PT underscore editor on social media. I know a few lads already, Jazza, that I'm going to speak to, a few big lawyers in this town and uh, a mate of mine who runs one of the biggest building firms, Metro Developments as well. I'm sure JP would want to get involved as well. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us coming up in part three. Yeah, go on, we'll talk about boxing again. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. This is a boxing show. Let's get back onto the boxing, shall we? Uh, we could go. Me and Jazz could talk for hours there about what he's about to bring to this city. And as I say, anyone out there that does want to help, please get in touch uh, because mental health is a real problem. And uh, we have, I'm sitting with a man right in front of me now that's fully prepared to get stuck in, roll his sleeves up and uh, and deliver for this city and beyond. So uh, let's come back to the boxing anyway, my mate. I touched on it in part one. The change for the better that's brought you back to Derry's gym, back with Georgie Vaughan in the corner. Now you've added Tony Bellew as well. Just tell us about how the both of those you know, came off, basically, because I know you'd said to Derry, I'm going to go over to Miami now, thanks for everything, see you later, but now you've come back. And then the Bellew thing too. Yeah, well, I was with Derry, and um, I was with Derry and Georgie in the gym, and I said, Derry, this is not going to happen, absolutely not. And I've got three kids to feed. I need to fight. So um, at the same time, when I was with my dad to Orlando, I went down to Miami to get some good spot, and they said, we love, we love you to fight here. And so that that was that. I had to. Georgie mm-hmm. and Derry understood. We've <laughs> got families. They know how, how it works. We're not earning. You need to you need to earn. I want to carry on boxing. That's what I had to do. So... I went there and um, when I came home in between, he said, Lad, you want you one of us? Come to the gym, just stay in the gym. And at the same time, MTK needed someone to top the bill. I was over in um, Spain, sparring with John O'Carroll for this title fight. And Stalker said, Tom Stalker said to me, um, there's a bill in the pill. And um, they, they said, do you want to fight? And I said, of course I do. I don't want it before I go back to America. I don't want to miss that chance. I haven't fought here for a while. So I'm not going to miss that chance to top the bill in the Olympia. And then it sort of happened. Yeah. I, did, I didn't have a, um, a manager with a with a business license. About two three days before the fight, I called. Her, um, I need a manager. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Tony. Will he help me out? And and he said, yeah, he helped. He helped me out. So it's just mad how, how how life works. And I think if you just keep the faith and you stay positive, positive things happen. But if you if you lose lose your head and and, and start thinking negativity, you. The negative things will happen, aren't they? The, of course. The, the space that you don't use with positive thoughts in your head, they, that space will be filled with negativity. So it's so important to always affirm your, your goals and what you're going to do and to have a plan because when you have got a plan, it's easier to then stay positive about what you're going to do. If yeah. you've got no plan, what do you do? You just linger around being negative all day, don't you? Just letting negative thoughts creep in. So that's what I'm trying to do, stay positive. Think about the future. Think about how I'm gonna to get to the future. Little goals every day, goal setting and 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 positive things just happen. Absolutely. Talk about two inspirational people behind you as well that have achieved so much. Derry Matthews in your corner, Tony Bellew yep. in the suit at ringside as well. Come so, on. So when I um, when I first turned professional, you don't know how to turn pro. No, nobody I knows how to turn pro. It's like a um, you need people to help you. Yeah. So when I first turned pro, the first person who took me to a boxing gym was Teddy Matthews. He was in Oliver's gym at the time. He was giving me a lift up to Manchester. I was 19 and um, just showing me around and it was something I always appreciated. And then Tony was in 
but in um, Annie's gym in Manchester, and he also said me, me at the old son Tesco, and I'll take the gym with me. So these two, two people, Bellew and Matt, Derry Matthews, they both helped me out to start my career. That was over nine years ago, and it's something like I've always appreciated because I, I do appreciate things like that, and I'll never forget things, little, little things like that. No people help you when you don't have to. Yeah. So um. It's, it's actually that's full, what you say about it coming full circle yeah it, it just it feels perfect right now like it feels like it, all these chips are falling into place like it's like someone it. out there has made this plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was inevitable yeah. but it is isn't it yeah. it kind of you know it makes you it makes you look at life and go come on it's a bit funny, so, yeah it, it's yeah. a bit funny that's all just fell into place like that someone is yeah. you know this is all preordained surely yeah. coincidence upon coincidence it's yeah just, it's no coincidence you know? of course was it, you know, obviously, judging by the smile on your face, you're in a happy place right now. Yeah. You know, you're in a, a real happy place, I'm guessing, personally and professionally. Yeah. That's got to be exciting for you and those around you as well because you've always been super positive. You've always been that person. Whenever I've walked into a gym or to a fight and I've seen your the big smile on your kite across the ring, you think, is Jazz is here now, everything's going to be good. Like you, You've always had that warmth about you, which is amazingly unique. But you, you yourself, there's been bad times. Yeah. You know? I smiled through them, but I've, I've actually, I've been doing like a, I'm on like a spiritual journey. A spiritual <laughs> journey? I'm a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hippie with a skinhead. That's what it is. You're a hippie, you just haven't got the hair to go with it. Well, because I'm actually, I actually do a lot of yoga and all that, I've been watching it, I've been meditating. <laughs> but, but no, I'm just happy in life in, in general. I find like um, I've just been doing a lot of things to to keep myself positive, and I don't know, I believe in a lot of attraction mm-hmm. massively, and, and I think of course I come off it a little bit, but over the last few months, I've proper been. Just out to me, you know, with the positivity, the positive thoughts, and if I can give anyone some advice, it's just stay positive. Always affirm. There's always a positive to attached to every negative, and every negative has got a positive. You know, so always yeah. see the positive, and that's what where I've been at. And yeah, I am. I'm happy. Today, my kids' first day back on the school run for a while, and yeah. Life is good. Brilliant. Sun's out in Liverpool. I'm in the tower with you. I know exactly. Yeah, God is good. It, it all happens Easter weekend as well. Yeah. Of, of all the times yeah. for it to happen, Easter weekend, the significance of what Easter stands for as well. Yeah. It, you know, Miguel said come that. on, you're fighting on Good Friday. You don't think it's a bit strange? Yeah. So, so I hate it. That was a joke, by the way. We're not, you know, obviously we're not condoning anything of the sort. Obviously, that was very much lighthearted. But the um, Come on then, what's coming next? I know, I know you're sitting on a big secret at the moment, but of course the Commonwealth title fight uh, is going down in a couple of weeks' time. Lee Woods yep. is defending against the former champion Ryan Doyle. It's on the same bill as Jordan Gill, the former Commonwealth featherweight champion who's, who's in a defence of his WBA interim uh, world title belt before he looks forward. You know, There's a featherweight division bubbling away there. You've yep. proved yourself on Friday night that you're more than capable of mixing with them. So, okay, here's a way of doing it. What's the ideal fight for you next? Do you think something big in Liverpool again? Um, I cannot, I cannot say Nick. Um, I cannot say, but just stay tuned to my social media and something big, another big night for Liverpool boxing. So it's going to stay in Liverpool. That's the, that's the plan. Liverpool, boxing, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah and um, 
Yeah, it was it was a brilliant night. It really was a good night for Liverpool boxing in general, and, yeah. and for me to be the guy who's putting the fight, who's fighting and putting the nights on, it's special to me. So, um, I've done a lot of tickets and a lot of support, but this next one, stay tuned. I want a lot more. I'd yeah. love a lot more, and let's bring boxing back to Liverpool. The um, does the does the Goodison Park thing? Does that? You know, does that resonate with you? Because obviously, Bellew's done it before, and I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it before Bellew's done it. He's he's already achieved my dreams, so um, I'd love to. I'd love to emulate that. And if we, if we could, I believe I believe if you can go there in the mind, you can do it in the body. But if you can do something again, it's easier to do something again than it is to do something once. Yeah, and I believe if um, if Tony. I, th- I believe um, I do my job. I think Tony can do the same and um, replicate the same thing. I'd love to do that. I'd yeah. really love to do that. I'd love to win a world title uh, in my own city. And yeah, I, I, I'm very optimistic. I just feel like the future is really bright, you know. But yes, they tuned to me on social media. And something, something gonna come big of it. And um, I love a lot more support. Yeah. Well, the Echo Arena be sensational. Obviously, you won the British title at the Echo Arena as well. It's got, you know, it's a happy stomping ground for you. Yeah. You haven't fought there much, twice, three times. Yeah, yeah. Won an English title and a British title there. Yeah. So let's I'm keep that record to... going. Let's complete the hat trick. That's what we want. Yeah. Let's get the hat trick going. I suppose fight with Andro now. The fight I felt. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a happy stomping ground. September, August. <laughs> <laughs> July. When would you like July. to be out again? July. July, you'd like to be out again in July. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Listen, it's been absolutely brilliant having you in the studio, mate. Much appreciated. Every time, as I say, I wasn't just blowing smoke earlier. Every time I'm around you, you're just one of them people that I think everyone in the fight game loves being around. And you know what? To see you and to be able to speak to you. When you come in about Miami, we had a laugh. Of course, yeah, we, yeah. we always have a laugh when you're together. And you've been on this crazy journey. And it was dead funny. But... No, but also I can even then I could like like today, the energy coming out of you is a happy man. You're a happy Jazz of Dickens. Whereas the Miami stuff was funny. We had a laugh, but inside I could tell you a bit like, what am I doing here? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I was like, even the the noise. You were, obviously you're making the light of the situation. You were saying it's going to be great for me and it's a new start and all that. But in, I was thinking that that's not for you. Yeah. This is you. Yeah. This is your city. These yeah, are your yeah. people outside that window. Yeah. Start here, yeah. build it from here. You can change the world next time. Change this city for here, <laughs> yeah. and that and that yeah. that's the amazing thing about you saying I had to go away to come back to double me fan base. How weird is that? Yeah. But maybe, maybe the city's bizarrely enough been on that journey with you. Maybe you've carried the the souls of people away to Miami, and you know we've all been on that journey in some weird way with you. And now you're back. We're like, you know, here we go. I did feel that like through the social media. I think they uh, open up a lot more on social media. I think people interact more, yeah. have more support in there. So thank you everyone, by the way, for that support. Yeah, because that must have been critical to you. Is you know you're saying then you're using social media now to help people and to help people's lives. But are you one of the you know? Do you think social media in some way, especially when you're in Miami and you you're putting posts up and you're going on runs with Cubans and whatever it is, but you know it's not really. There's no family around you. There's no real friends around you. The city's not around yeah. you. You're not in familiar ground. When you come back and so many people, and I was one of them, oh, Jazz, that looks great, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 all the positivity coming back. Has that kind of kept you going a bit? I think, yeah. I think there were a lot more, a few thousand more followers since then. But, but yeah, I definitely people do remember the, the, 
they laugh because it was, it was a laugh on there. But I could have blanked it because I told you how good Miami was and just took pictures and nice things. And yeah, David ate it up. There you go. There's my yacht. I'm could, sleeping on that. Yeah. There's, there's the yeah. Could, could have done that, but I never. I showed you what the hostels were like, you know, and 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 I showed you the reality of boxing and and the, the journey that I'm on. I showed you the true side of it, you know. And I think people need to see that instead of everyone just blagging it and winging it. Yeah. I'm going low. I'm going to delete everyone today. If I see anyone winging it and blagging it, and I know them personally, and I know don't own that Ferrari, they're getting deleted. Yeah, absolutely. But then, in some ways, you know, you look at people with, and and you know, you know they drive a Ford Escort, so why are they putting pictures of them standing next to a Ferrari? Because you know them, you know them personally, but then... You've also got that, like, for me, I, I, I pity them a little bit. I feel sorry for yeah. them a little bit because I'm like, mate, come on, you're kidding no one. They're not your trainees. Not, <laughs> I know you wear as the two-stripe. Just get your as the two-stripe out. What's wrong with you? Do they, do they think we're stupid? In the 90s, Balenciaga were called Fila, where they? Yep. Was they not? Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I know. I don't understand these wheels. They're the worst trainees I've ever seen in my life. I don't I don't get it. Big beetle crushes. Maybe I'm just jealous, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I agree with you. Listen, stick to your stick to your, uh, your green flash. <laughs> stick to your green flash. That's what I say. Real men wear green flash. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Let's leave it there. Again, mate, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for sharing your journey. I, you know, I love spending time with you because I love how much you love boxing, but I also love how much you love life. And it's good to see that once again you're loving life. Because last time it was funny, but you weren't loving life. Yeah. And now you're loving life, and that's good. And the best thing is, you're doing it here with the kids around you, and that's your energy source. Yeah. So you can go back to being the man in the attic or whatever, yeah, whatever the kids call yeah, you yeah, again man, now, yeah. the man upstairs. Yeah. yeah, and it's great that you're back with George because mm, I know. listen, Georgie Vaughan's got so much to offer this sport yeah. still, even though he's in his 80s now. I know. And and it's people like you are being around George that keeps George going. He's a special man. He's really unbelievable, special man. unbelievable, and. Uh, all the very best, matey. And listen, get on to Bellew. Get down to Nottingham. You need to, you should be ringside at this fight in Nottingham. I'll come with you. We'll go down there. We'll pick a fight. We should be ringside. That's it. That's what it's all about. Thanks again. Thanks as well for Jazz's dad for coming in. Much appreciated. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Come, stick with us. Loads more coming next month. Full review. Big UFC card news coming soon. Molly McCann's got a, a, a big event at the UFC coming up. And before I sign off, actually, I just want to give a shout out to another lad who fought on... Friday night, the super middleweight James Hennigan. I'd heard rumours about this kid, how good he was. Obviously, I'd spoke to his coach, John Gillies. He told me how good he was. Jazza, me and Jazz are off here, and Jazz had said he'd been down to four corners and he was raving about him. When I was sitting in my hotel room in New York watching this card, I seen James Hennigan making his pro debut. I tell you what, that kid has got talent. Stylish, big stylish, super middleweight, loads of ability. I will definitely get him on this show in the coming weeks. Definitely a name to look out for, James Hennigan. Good luck to everybody that fought on Friday night. Hopefully Jazza gives us that news soon. Get on his social media, at Jazza Dickens 10. Yeah. The big news is coming soon. It's going to be Liverpool. It's going to be July. It is what it is. <laughs> Title fights. See you next week. Ta-da. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.